Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. Give me the word of God today. Before we get into the the word, I just want to give a quick disclaimer. Um, My son has been fighting a cough for a month, and uh, he has, um, you know, he's young, and so he doesn't know how to cover his mouth. And so every breakfast, he's just been coughing all over my oatmeal, and I wish I could do something about it, but legally, he has to live with me. So he's been staying, (coughs) but as you can tell, Unfortunately, I think I caught it. And so I got tested for all the bad stuff. So don't freak out. I don't got any of the bad stuff. Um, but I do have some type of virus and I'm, and I'm coughing and, and whatnot. And so um, uh, this might be the only service I preached live today. And so uh, 9 a.m., congrats. And uh, everybody else who sees this, now you know what it's like to be at East Campus. Shout out East Campus. Come on. Hey, if you're watching this on a screen right now, I just want you to know what they know, what we've discovered. Uh, the Holy Spirit is powerful enough to break through a screen. He's powerful enough to break through a camera, a laptop, a phone. <laughs> So I believe however you're seeing this, I know that God's going to touch you and he's going to impact your life. Amen? Amen. So if I cough, just pray for you, Pastor, and just receive it, all right? Every, let's just assume that every cough means that there's a word for you, okay? Every time I cough, that was a word for somebody. All right. We have been in a series called My Problem with Prayer. Have you been enjoying this series? You should because you made it. You, you created this series. We sent out a survey uh, a couple months ago asking you what are your most challenging obstacles with prayer. And number one, you said, my problem is I get distracted. And we talked about how to help with that. Secondly, you said your problem is I don't hear God. We talked about that last week. Today, we're on the number three problem, which honestly, I thought would be the number one problem. I was so surprised that this came in at number three, but I'm excited to preach it. It took me two years to be able to answer it, honestly, because I've been figuring it out myself. And so the title of today's message is the one that you submitted, which is my problem with prayer is I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. A revelation that has encouraged me in this series has been the discovery that the majority of our problems with prayers are not novel to us that many of the men and women of God who came before us, our predecessors and our forebearers, also battled with the same exact problems. If we talk about wrestling with being distracted in prayer, we have the disciples who were in the garden and who literally fell asleep on the most important day of Christianity. Like, come on, y'all. But I think it had to happen so that we could be relieved of that pressure. If you are having a problem with not hearing God, remember that David himself Right? The, 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 the seed of, of the Messiah, like, like David, like the one who was after God's own heart. The Bible says that there were times when he prayed and, and God did not answer. And then, Lord, where are you? And if you don't speak to me, I will die. Remember Jesus, who while he was dying, prayed to God and did not hear God. I share all of this to encourage you that if you wrestle with prayer, it doesn't mean you're a bad Christian. It means you're a normal human. And that's so important to grasp and understand. And this problem is no different. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, and as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, 
teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. It's important to note that by Luke chapter 11, we are not at the beginning of the disciples' ministry. We are actually near the end of their ministry. The disciples had also, all of them, because it was Jewish culture, had been instructed in the ways of the Torah. They had already seen Jesus perform miracles. What am I saying? I'm talking about a group of people who were instructed in the Torah, the Old Testament of our Bible, who saw Jesus do miracles. After seeing all of that, we're like, hey, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool. We still wrestle with that, though. And we still don't know how to do that. So if you can help us with that, <coughs> that would be a really big uh, help. And so they didn't know what to say. And, and, and sometimes prayer can feel like that. Anybody know what that feels like? Sometimes prayer can feel like showing up uh, for a test that you did not study for. Like you sit down because you know you're supposed to, but you're guessing half the time. You're like, Father God, Father, I don't only really say Father. Uh, I normally say Dad. Can I call you Dad? Nope, that felt wrong. That felt wrong the moment I said it. Uh, Holy Spirit, Jesus, is it to Jesus? Is it Jesus, Holy Spirit, or Father? I don't know. Hey, you! Guy up there, are you a guy? I don't know! <laughs> it can be frustrating. Or if you ever prayed in a circle with other Christians, it can feel like you went from the YMCA to the NBA. And you just weren't ready. He's just holding hands, and the person next to you is like, Adonai, Lord Almighty on high, who fire comes forth through the throne of righteousness and justice. And then it's your turn, you're like. Hey, man. I don't feel good today. And I could really use your help. Your turn. <laughs> it's just like, I don't even know. Like, I wasn't ready. And, uh, and it's just good to know that we're not the only ones that feel like that. That even the disciples who walked with Jesus felt the same way. I get it. I've been there. My own personal journey in prayer has been trying to figure out when I actually set aside the time. What do I say? What are the words that are supposed to come out of my mouth? How do I connect? And I want to help you today. And we needed to begin where the disciples began. And if you notice, the disciples did not begin with instruction. They began with inspiration. If you read the story again, the Bible says that they saw Jesus praying. And then after they saw Jesus praying, then they asked Jesus if he could teach them how to pray. So if you're looking into the story, that means that Jesus was praying in such a way, such a passionate way, such an impactful way, such a powerful way that they were like, hey, we don't know how to pray like that. Teach us how to pray like that. And so they were inspired to pray. And once they had been inspired, then they asked to be instructed. Inspiration precedes instruction. Let me say it another way. Prayer is caught and prayer is taught. So before we address the taught problem, we should really ask the question, do we have a taught problem or a caught problem? Do we have an instruction problem or an inspiration problem? Because inspiration comes from being around people who pray. Pastor Liz shares stories all the time about waking up in the morning and watching her dad on the couch praying while he has a preacher on the TV. He shouldn't have been multitasking, but we know we'll talk about that two weeks before. Um, but, and, then her, and then the boys that would come from high school that would pick her up to take her to school would walk in and he would be right there. Hey, good morning, right there on his knees praying. I grew up like that. 
<coughs> my grandma, every morning that I went to school, was, was praying every morning with her galletas con mantequilla, her crackers and, and butter, and her coffee, and every morning with her Bible open, just praying every morning. So we grew up in homes where prayer was modeled, and so we were inspired to pray. Here's the reality. Many of us didn't. And so if we didn't grow up in a home like that, prayer can begin as an inspiration problem. And so how do we resolve that? Get around people who pray. Come to prayer services on Wednesday. Come to prayer services on Saturday mornings. Watch all of the sermons that we've preached on prayer all year because you got to catch it before you can be taught it. And let me just say this. If you want kids who pray, spouses who pray, stop telling them to go to church. Stop telling them to read their Bible and start getting on your knees and praying because prayer is caught and not taught. One of the most rewarding experiences in my life is when my kids catch me. A lot of times I pray in my office because I want to, don't want to be interrupted. But every once in a while, I'll be in the living room. I'll put on the Spotify and I'll walk around the living room with my hands lifted up, just walking and praying. And I can hear them coming down the steps and then, and I love it that they catch me in that because I, I don't want them just to catch me. I want them to catch it. And so, and so that's important. But, but you also need to be taught. You need to be taught. Say, I need to be taught. And so inspiration, we've got to work on that, but you also need to be taught. <laughs> I remember first time I went to live on my own, I moved to South Carolina. I moved actually with Charlie and we were part of a Bible school type program. And I never forget the first day we had to do laundry. It was a significant day for me because I had never done laundry. I grew up in a Hispanic home with a grandma on the premise. <laughs> Which means you don't do laundry. It means you don't clean. It means you don't cook. That's abuela who does all that stuff. And so I remember the first time walking into a laundromat, like in my life. And it seems simple enough. You put the clothes in, you put the quarter in, and you get your clothes out. They wash, and then you dry them. And so I took all my dirty clothes out and I put them in the washer, all of them. And then I took them and I put them in the dryer, all of them. And I took them out. Did I miss a step? What step did I miss? Separation. I'm about to preach about separation right now. I felt the Holy Spirit come on me. You need to separate. I'm just kidding. So I didn't know. So then I take out all my white shirts. And all my white shirts have turned pink. <laughs> and I look at Charlie, and he's dying laughing, and he's talking to me. He's like, bro, you're so crazy, bro. Laundry is so simple. It's so simple. It's so easy. I can't believe you don't know how to shut up, Charlie. <laughs> I don't know because no one ever taught me. Here's my point. Laundry is simple, but even simple things can become complex if you're not taught. Prayer is simple. I promise you it's simple. And, but the reason it feels complex is because we haven't been taught. I shared earlier a couple weeks ago. <laughs> There's a difference between simple and easy. And so you need to be instructed. And that's what I want to do today. So don't feel bad. It's simple. I promise you it's simple. We just need to be. In, matter of fact, by the time this sermon is done, I'm going to teach you uh, like I don't have a timer, just FYI. So I'm going to just go because um, I don't have a timer. Um, but because I could preach a lot, especially on this. I'm going to teach you how to pray like in 20 minutes every day. Just an easy, simple, simple way. All right, so here's the first thing you need to know when you're praying. First off, you don't have to say anything. You don't have to say anything when you pray. 
If you're having trouble finding the words, you don't have to say anything. Matthew 6, 7 through 8. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, Jesus says. This is Jesus speaking. For your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. The pagan prayers that Jesus is referring to in this scripture is a reference to sometimes magical incantations that you would have to say the right way or in the right order. Where's my Harry Potter fans? In the, yeah, okay, someone like, I don't know if I could be a Harry Potter fan in church. I don't know if I get struck by lightning. You know what I'm talking Wingardium Leviosa. Leviosa. And if you don't say the sa, then it don't happen, right? This is how it worked in the pagan world. And, and some people, there's some Christians like that. I love you, God. Amen. Actually, Amen. And if you don't say amen, then he doesn't hear it right. Right? <clears throat> this is what he's referring to. They would also believe that if you used bigger words or if you used more words, that God would then hear you. And Jesus is looking at them and he's saying, actually, it's not about the quantity of the words you say. It's about the quality of the heart from which the words proceed. I, I remember being at IHOP and I saw these two couples. There was a really young couple and a really old couple. And the really young couple, you could tell they were just, it was like their first date. You could tell. Because they were all just talking and just saying everything and like, like spouting out facts about them. Like, I'm not nosy, but I also like to observe people for sermon material. And so they were, I could tell that they were really just, they kept talking and talking and talking. And then I saw this older couple that was sitting on the other side of IHOP. And what do you think they were doing? Eating. They didn't say one word to each other. And I remember watching that and I thought, this is a really good sermon illustration. So I went back to my pastor. I said, I got to go. I was like, I hopped the day, Pastor Mark, and I got this great sermon illustration. I said, I don't ever want my relationship to get old with God. I don't ever want to sit across from God and have nothing to say. I want to be able to look at God like those young people looked at each other and just so in love and so talky, 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 talky. I just want to be like that with the Lord. And he looked back at me, obviously older than me, wiser than me. He said, you read that wrong. I said, what do you mean? He said, the two people that were talking that were on their first date were talking so much because they were trying to impress each other. He said, the older couple wasn't talking because they already know each other. He said, they're trying to impress. They've gotten to the point where they realize they don't have to impress. When you stand before God in prayer, there's nothing you can say that will impress God. I feel like sometimes we feel like I got to say it the right way or the, in the right order and the right pronunciation and in the King James language. And there's nothing. Why? Because he already knows you. And FYI, he's not impressed by your words. He's impressed by your faith. Those old people over there, they trust each other enough to just be themselves. Do you trust God enough to just be yourself in his presence? Because God is not impressed by faith, by words. He's impressed by faith. He's impressed by faith. What do you mean faith? The faith to wake up in the morning and spend time with God when you could be spending time on your tasks, when you could be spending time on your job, when you could be spending time on your projects and your promotions, but you spend that time with him 
communicates to the Lord, Lord, I trust that I'm going to accomplish more spending 20 minutes in your presence than spending 20 minutes on Facebook or Instagram or in email or working on my next song because you are more important than that. I trust that the greatest pleasure of my life is not going to come from anything outside, but the greatest treasure of my life is going to come from pursuing you and knowing you and seeking you more. You are the greatest pleasure and pursuit, Lord. It's faith, faith in Jesus, Hebrews 4, 14 and 16. So then, since we have Jesus, someone say Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. Let us come boldly, someone say boldly, to the throne of our gracious God. You've got to understand that when Adam and Eve were created, they used to walk with God. <laughs> hand in hand. There was an intimacy. There was a relationship. There was a connection. But when Adam and Eve decided to live their life, if you don't know who Adam and Eve is, by the way, first, first man, first woman, first humans, it was a different relationship. They didn't see an invisible God. They saw a visible God. There was connection with him. But when they chose to do life their own way, chose sin over God, that relationship got separated and God could no longer be with Adam and Eve because sin, God can't be with sin and sin was inside them. How did God restore the relationship? He killed the lamb. That lamb shed its blood, covered Adam and Eve. And now that there was a, a penalty that had been paid for that sin, now God could come in because the sin had been wiped away. What I'm trying to tell you is that Jesus was that lamb. When Jesus died for us, he made a way for us to have relationship with God again. And so the reason why I can talk to God, this is so important. Here's what I'm trying to say. God doesn't hear your prayers because you said it right. He hears your prayers because Jesus made it right. So I get to walk in boldly. It doesn't matter what my week has been. It doesn't matter how many times I've read my Bible. It doesn't matter if I, if I fell into sin a couple of times that week or if I made a mistake because God doesn't look at me and go, okay, you can come in. He looks at Jesus and go, okay, you can come in. We took our sons on an excursion through, on this last cruise we went to. to uh, they stopped at the Bahamas and, and Liz and I bought an excursion to Atlantis. And it's this like water park slash hotel that is in the Bahamas. And we got some flashbacks because we had stopped there one time before, but we didn't pay for the entry and we tried to sneak in. And so we walked in, they have a casino. Nobody cared that we were in the casino. They were like, you want to spend money? Spend money. But then we tried to get out to the water park and we must have got like 20 steps into the water park before we were stopped by a security guard who was like, excuse me, are you staying at the hotel? And we could have lied, but we love Jesus. Actually, no, we couldn't lie because we didn't have a wristband. They came with every hotel member, hotel person that stood there. And so we said, no, we got kicked off. We never got to see it. Well, this time we paid the price. This time we paid the price in advance. We got our, our little wristband on and we, and it was like 10 years later, but we were like, we felt vindicated. We put those bands on and we busted up into Atlantis looking at every guard. How you doing? What's up? Good morning. Good afternoon. How are you? Where's the water ride at? And nobody stopped us and everybody let us in because we had the ban. I'm trying to encourage you whenever the enemy tells you that God's not listening, that you're not worthy, not you have the ban, you have the blood. You've got the blood of Jesus on your life. That's why you can step into God's presence. That's why you can ask when, 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 the, when the enemy tries to stand at the gate of the throne room and say, you can't come in, show me your wrist. You say, I don't got anything on my wrist, but look at the wrist of the lamb. It's still got a hole in it. He's still dying. His blood still speaks. He's my intercessor. I can come in boldly knowing. Boldly into the throne room. 
So just know, it's nothing that you say. And listen, if you can't find the words and you spend 30 minutes and all you said was, uh, here's my next point. Listen, the Holy Spirit will close the gap. The Holy Spirit will close the gap. Have you ever been emotionally a wreck and somebody goes up to you, they can tell something's wrong and they go, are you okay? And you go, nah. And they go, what's wrong? And then your answer is, I don't know. Which is wild. Because if anybody should know how you feel, it's you. But you don't even know how you feel. What's wrong? I don't know. It's a lot of things. It's complicated. I don't, I don't know. And listen, and we can't find the words, not because we don't know what to say, but because we don't know how we feel. Sometimes when we get into God's presence, we don't know what to say because we don't know really how we feel. Because the inside of our soul is an enigma. It's a, it's a hurricane. There's emotions. I'm, I'm upset about this, but I'm also upset about that. And I'm scared about this, but I'm also excited about that. Here's what I love about the Holy Spirit. He lives inside of all that mess. So Romans 8.26 says, similarly, the Spirit helps us in our weakness for we don't know how to pray the way we should. That's Paul writing that. Come on, I'm encouraged. If I ever don't know what to say, Paul didn't know what to say. Paul says it. And when we don't know what to say, look what the Spirit does for us. But the Spirit himself pleads on our behalf with groanings too deep for words. Isn't that good? So, so, so if, if the, whole, the Holy Spirit speaks English and, and Spanish and French and Mandarin and, and Hindu, that's not a language, that's a religion, and Indian, and uh, yeah, that's all languages I can think of. Portuguese and Portuguese. Shout out to my Portuguese people. He, he, he speaks it all. Can I tell you something else? Because, why does he speak all those languages? Not because he understands languages, but because he understands hearts. So he doesn't just speak Portuguese. Are you ready? He speaks groans. So, so, so when you're in God's presence and you're trying to pray and all you can do is, oh. He's like, your mother-in-law is driving you crazy. Got it. Got it. And you're tired of being involved in the mess. Got it. And you want God to intervene and punish her. It's not going to do that, but I got it. God speaks groans. Are you ready? God speaks tears. If you sit down and all you got are drops of tears, he knows exactly what each one means. He interprets them to the Father knowing what, where that pain comes from and knowing what the solution to that pain is and then intercedes on your behalf. God speaks movement. At one of our services, we have sign language interpretation. It's a beautiful ministry. Shout out to the sign language team. I love them. They're the best. And you will see the sign language interpreters do their thing and... And you see the, 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 the deaf community here and they're, they're, and they're receiving. It's amazing how much was said without words. Because they speak a language of movement. So if you spend 30 minutes in God's presence, this is all you do.
God's like, got it. Isn't that beautiful that we have that? And so you don't have to say anything, hear me, but you can. And the only reason I started with this point is to relieve the pressure of praying and to replace it with the privilege of praying. I don't want you to feel pressured to pray. I got pressured to say the right thing, brother. Pressured to, to, to make sure the words come out the right way or in the right order and the right amount and you hit a time limit. No, no, no. You don't have to do any of that. God understands all of it. But we have the privilege of coming into his presence and communicating. And so now what I'm going to tell you is a plan. I'm going to give you a plan. And this is the plan I use. It's not a magic formula. It's not an incantation. We're about to transition from inspiration to instruction. Matter of fact, right now, it's going to begin to feel like a little bit of a seminar in here. But I think this is like the really, really helpful stuff. So if you got a pen, a paper, a phone, like I'm going to give you, because here's my first point on this, how to, how to, how to pray, okay? You got to have a plan have a plan. And I'm going to give you a plan right now. So if you've never prayed before consistently, or if you're looking for a new way to pray in the mornings, and you want to follow a plan, then my, now you got to have a plan. Well, prayer is spiritual. If you put a plan on it, that makes it feel carnal. I don't know what that means, but I think what you're saying is that spiritual things should just be inspiration and shouldn't be. I thought that one time too. I, I got invited to preach to my youth group. I was 12 years old, and, and I remember asking the Lord what he wanted me to preach, and I felt very clearly from the Lord. He said, I want you to preach on calling. So I said, all right, Lord, I'm going to preach on calling. And, and, I, and I wrote in my notes, I said, I said, God wants to speak to you about calling today because you are called. And I took my notes up there, and I went to preach. It was a youth group of like 12 people, 13 people. And I put my notes up. And I said, today, I want to speak to you about calling. God wants to speak to you on calling because you are called by God. Because the calling's important. Because we all have a calling. You might not know what you're calling. I never said the word calling so many times in my life. It was all I had. Are you ready? Because I thought the spirit was enough to compensate for the lack of a plan. Just because it's spiritual doesn't mean it can also be practical. I got to prepare for a sermon the same way we got to prepare for prayer. There's a plan that needs to take place. Are you with me? It's not. Don't just expect to get in there and just... Taken away. No, that's not how it works. Got to have a plan. It's spiritual and practical. So we're going to get real practical. I might not shout as much, but I think this is the stuff that's going to make the biggest difference in your life. My, my wife was telling me that your favorite sermons are the ones where I go home on Monday and I do things different. So I'm hoping that this is that kind of a sermon that affects your tomorrow, like the way you pray tomorrow morning. So I'm going to give you some stuff. I'm going to, I'm going to shoot. Now listen, a plan is important because a plan maximizes your time. God lives in eternity, amen? I don't. I got 30 minutes to pray because I got to go get the kid. I got to feed him. I got to get to work. I don't got all day. I got 30 minutes, so I got to maximize that time. Got to get a plan because the plan keeps you focused. You ever get distracted when you pray? We talked a whole message on that. The plan keeps you going back to the thing that you're supposed to be communicating to God. And also a plan. When you plan to pray, it shows your soul how important this is. 
because you plan for it. Sometimes I'll get dressed to go out on a date with my wife and I'll just be like in some shorts and some sneakers and she'll be like, is that what you're wearing? And I'll be like, I guess not. I guess not. She wants me to go put on something nice. Why does she want me to put on something nice? Because she doesn't want the way I go to work to be the way I get on a date. There needs to be a distinction that communicates that this is special. When you prepare to pray, you are communicating to your soul, this ain't just any regular time. This is special. All right, you ready to get into the plan? All right, say amen. All right, pick a time and place. Pick a time and place. You got to pick a time and place. Dining room, 7 a.m. Couch, 7.30. Pick a time and a place. If I was going to go on a date with somebody and they said yes, the very next question would be when and where. Pick a time and a place. Here's the next one. Don't get on your phone until you pray. I said this before and I'm distracted. If the first thing you do when you wake up is go on your phone, then the text messages that are waiting for you, the emails that are waiting for you, the crisis that's happening in the world that's <laughs> waiting on your X feed is waiting for you and it's going to steal your attention and you're not going to be able to pray. And here's the next one. Use a prayer model. When you're first starting out in prayer, even at this stage of prayer, I love prayer models. What are they? They're templates of biblical prayers that have been prayed by some of the greatest Christians that have ever walked the face of the earth. And remember, it's not the words that are magical, but the words kind of give my heart the language that it needs to communicate. And so if you're looking for a template, there's a great app called the Pray First app. You can download it on Android. You can download it on Apple. This is what the logo looks like. They're going to give you like four or five, I think, different or even more different models and you can and it actually gives you the words and then there's space for you to fill in the blanks on stuff that you feel like you need to talk to God personally that fits your life that's not so generic and more specific and so that's an app for you, that you can download it's really helpful what I'm going to do today is I'm going to give you my model this is what I've honed over the years of my Christian walk with Christ if you want to know what how pastor prays and how pastor prays every morning. This is how I pray every morning. I'm going to share with you. It's really easy. It's, you know, you know it's going you know to spell something, okay? Because I'm a preacher and I needed it even for myself. And so I made it real easy for you to remember the way I pray actually spells pray. P-R-A-Y. Pray. Four things that I do every time I pray. I'm going to break it down right now. The first thing that I do when I pray is the P in there, and that is praise. It's the first thing I do every time I pray. Psalms 104. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with, someone say it, praise. Enter in. When you enter in, be thankful unto him and bless his name. I love what a famous pastor and theologian once said. He said, if you have 10 minutes to pray, take eight minutes of it to worship because there's a lot you can ask for in two minutes. That's so true. I love when I wake up and I praise right away because praise gives a mind that wakes up running direction. When you wake up, your mind is running on all the things you got to do and all the things you should be doing. And, and what you got to do is you got to get it from running on all the other things. And it's imagination running on all the other things and get it focusing on the things that God wants you to focus on, on God himself. And so what praise does is it, it gets my attention from the world onto him. And then my mind starts running when I think about God. So I asked David to come help me out. And, and so, because when I pray, I sing out loud and it's early in the morning. So pray for my family. But I sing 
out loud and I, it's the first thing I do uh, when I pray. So if I'm wrestling with my, my imagination and my mind is running in all directions, I start to think about who God is and, and maybe if I feel my mind running real wild, I'll put on that song. I don't know who sings it. It's oldie, but uh, wonderful, beautiful, glorious, matchless in every way, wonderful, beautiful, glorious, matchless in every way, wonderful, beautiful, glorious, matchless in every way. And now even as I sing that, I forgot I was preaching for a second. <laughs> There's, there's, my mind is running on what I need to say and what I need to do, but in that moment of worship, my mind begins to run into the greatness of God and the goodness of God and the glory of God. I start to imagine how great and special and how awesome He is. Gives your mind direction to run in. I love praise in the morning because praise reminds your soul just how big God is so you can remember just how small your problems are. Sometimes when I get be overwhelmed, it's not just my mind running about my task, it's my mind running about my worry. And I got to remember, this is the, I'm talking to the creator of the universe, the one who made my soul, the one who snaps, you know, and, 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 and existence is created. My problem is nothing for him. And so if the bills are piling up, let's say, and I'm wrestling financially, then I think about that, uh, that elevation song, Gyra, you remember? Yeah. If he dresses the lilies with beauty and splendor, how much more will he clothe you? How much more will he clothe you? And if he watches over every sparrow, how much more does he love you? How much more does he love you? cry at that part because then I start to think about every blessing in my life that he's given me. Every time I thought I didn't have enough and he became enough. Every time I thought I wasn't going to make a bill or I wasn't going to get the healing. I wasn't going to find the girl. I wasn't going to get the building. And he came in at the last minute. And of course, if he knows the sparrows and he knows me, I forgot it when I woke up, but I remembered it when I praised. I love praise. Prioritizing praise over petition and prayer. Here's the next one. Reminds you of the purpose of prayer. Sometimes you can get into prayer thinking that you're talking to Santa Claus, thinking that, that God is a genie. He's not. You don't go into prayer to discover a treasure. You go into a prayer to discover that the treasure is God. Did you hear me? And when you first become a Christian, you think it's so that he can heal you and fix you and, and he does all those things. But the older I get in this thing, the more I realize the greatest treasure is not my health. It's not my blessing. The greatest treasure is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's knowing God and knowing him more. And so maybe you didn't get the promotion in prayer, but when you start to praise, you realize it's not about the promotion. Maybe you didn't get pregnant because of your prayers, but when you begin to praise, you realize that prayer is not so that I can get pregnant. Prayer is so that I can get pregnant with his presence so that I can love him because he's beautiful. And it's an oldie but a goodie. It's the old Israel Hewton one. This one gets me when everything else is falling around, around me. I just remember what prayer is really about. To worship you, I live. To worship you, I live. I live to worship you. To worship you, 
because God understands groaning. Oh. Because he translates it. you didn't have words for. Oh, oh, oh. Thank you, David. It's, it's, it's praise. The last one I don't got a song for, but it's, this is relevant. Praise warms your soul for conversation like cardio warms your body for lifting. If you ever praise, if you ever pray and it feels weird, it's because you didn't warm up first. You didn't warm up. Just like if you go to the gym, you're going to get hurt yourself. And so what praise does is it gets you. So here's what we're going to do. Practice. You ready? I'm going to make it practical. So the first thing you do when you get up in the morning, you're not going to your phone. You're going to go to that place in that time that you set apart. And you're going to begin, number one, by singing along and out loud to a worship song. It's that easy. This is what I do every morning. Sing along and out loud to a worship song. Here's why I love to sing along and out loud. And I download the lyrics and I watch the lyrics as I sing. Why? Because that early in the morning, I can't find the words. I need the words. So it helps you when you pray because when you can't find the words and the words are literally scrolling in front of you, you're like, okay, I got the words. The other reason why I like to sing out loud and not just hear it, this is a big shift because I need to get my soul in gear. So when you force yourself to sing out loud, you're like, come on, body. You better catch up to the revelation of Jesus. You better recognize this. But come on, soul. Come on, hands. You better get lifted. Come on, feet. You better get moving. Come on, heart. You better get pumping. He's beautiful. Remember how beautifully. Get going. Get going. Sing out. And I love doing songs because the Bible says sing a new song to the Lord. So every time I pray, if, if the old song got old, because I just be playing songs out. Anybody like that? You just, if I feel a worship song, I'll sing it for a month until I play that junk out. But once it gets played out, I go to a new worship song that connects my soul in a new way. So now I just pick a new song, download those lyrics, and it's like a fresh worship. Is this helping anybody? So if you, you want to try this, this is the first thing I do. Here's the second thing I do. We got praise. Here's the second thing. The R, read. Right after I worship, I read my Bible. Right after. Psalms 1, 2 through 3. Instead, you thrill to God's word. You chew on scripture day and night. You're a tree replanted in Eden, bearing fresh fruit every season. Every season, never dropping a leaf, always in blossom. I love the word of God because it remains even when the seasons change. Listen, reading the Bible when you pray, I love this. A lot of people say when you, when you pray, it, 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 that means you stop. You're, I don't want to read the Bible when I pray because if I read the Bible when I pray, I'm no longer praying. You're still praying. Because reading the Bible when you pray ensures that prayer is a dialogue and not a monologue. You're still praying. You're just letting God speak first. Huh? This is helpful. Where's my creative team at? Creative team at right here. Remember the last creative meeting we had? I sat down and I was talking about the gift, the super secret gift that y'all going to get when we turn seven. And I spent five minutes. I was like, I want it to be like this, and I want it to be like that. And I said, for five minutes, I'm casting vision. And then when I'm done, they'll look at each other and they're like, nobody told them. I'm like, what? They go, Pastor, we already did it. We already ordered it. We already got it. I'm like, well, why'd y'all let me speak for five minutes if y'all already ordered it? 
but you never asked. But it was already done. And it's dope and it was awesome and it came out great. Here's why it's important to read the Bible before you start to ask for your things. Because once you read the Bible, you start realizing some of the things you ask for. <laughs> it's, it's already done. So when you read about his provision, you, you, by the time you get to asking, you're like, oh, and, oh yeah, you already told me about that. Huh? It's beautiful. Here's what I love. Reading the Bible when you pray ensures you're praying for God's will and not yours. I got to read the Bible before I start asking because I got to make sure the things I'm asking are in accordance with his will. It's really hard to say, God, I want this one to be the one. I want this God to be the one. I want this girl to be the one. It's really hard to pray that when you just finish reading, do not be unequally yoked. And then you're like, ah. Ah, well, he's a Christian. Well, that's not what unequally yoked means. Unequally yoked means when, when one ox is higher than the other ox. Stop asking if he's saved. He might be saved, but is he on your level? Because that's what the Bible says. Uh, reading the Bible when you pray ensures that even if prayer doesn't change your situation, it will certainly change you. When I read the Bible, before I start asking for God to do things in my life, he's already starting to do things in me because the Bible changes me, it confronts me, it challenges me in ways that are uncomfortable, but even if my life doesn't get better, I get better for it. And so what are we gonna do practically? Here's what we're gonna do practically. After we sing that song out loud, we're gonna pick a Bible reading plan. We're gonna read it, meditate on what it says, and write down what God said to us. So you got to have a plan in advance. Pick it before you pray. And, and it doesn't have to be what kind of plan. Let's not get it complicated. Just pick a plan. The important thing is that the verses are there for you waiting in the morning and you're not having to look for them. That's why I do this. So you get up and the verse is already waiting for you. Read it, meditate it, and write. I have in front of you, I brought this from home. This is my 10-year Bible journal. And uh, I didn't always do this. I started in 2020. Can you guess why? So it goes back to 2020. And, um, and I just write down every day for the last four years. I've, I've opened it up and I've, I've read my Bible. And I read through the Bible in a year, every year for the last four years. And I write down the verse that I read. And then I, I write down what God spoke to me. So this really helped me because I was contemplating uh, not preaching today. Because as you can tell, I'm a little under the weather. I didn't want to cough all over the microphone and not be able to get the message out. Um, but I wanted to make sure that if I did call out, it wasn't because I, I wanted a day off or something like that. I wanted to be sure that my heart was in the right place. And so Pastor Liz was like, what are you going to do? She said, are you going to preach or not? I said, I'm going to pray and read my Bible. I'll tell you, I'll tell you when I'm done. So yesterday's reading, on the day that I'm asking God, I love how it works out. I couldn't plan this. You know that, right? Because the Bible reading choice was picked for me. So it, this isn't some grand conspiracy to preach a good message. Like, this was God, like, I want to show off. So, so my reading yesterday was from the book of Esther, chapter 4, verse 14. And it said, and this is when Esther is supposed to speak up. If you don't know the story, 
how can I explain it in 30 seconds or less? <laughs> the Israelites are about to get wiped out, but there's one Jew who is, happens to be the queen of Persia. And if she speaks to the king, then she could save all the lives of her people. But in speaking to the king, she could risk her life and die because you're not supposed to speak to the king until you get called. So Mordecai, who is Esther's uncle, says this to her. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief will come from another place. But you will die. So I was like, I'm preaching. <laughs> Hold on, no. That wasn't the part that made me preach. He said, but you will die. He said, but after he says, but you will die, he goes, but who knows? Maybe you were born for a time like this. So here's what I got. Here's what I wrote down. I said, because I was honestly relieved when I read that, because it said, help will arise from another place. I wrote, your plans go on without me. My part is not pressure, it's a privilege. Not entitlement or essential. I'm scared, but I want to be used, period. Then I realized, you know what, whether I preach or not, help will arise from some other place. Pastor Medi will preach a message, it'll be great. Paul will preach a message, it'll be fire. Karina, Rachel, any one of them can come up here. Charlie, God will use them, Diane, Pastor Hector, and it'll, God will use it. Help will arise from another place if you don't preach. What a privilege it is to speak on behalf of God. Maybe you were born for a time like this. So I told us, I'm going to preach at least one service. I'm going to come in. And God spoke to me. Now, it, it makes the next step a lot easier. Ask, can I be honest about this next step? This is the hardest one for me. The hardest one for me. Why is asking the hardest one for me? Because after I've been encountered by his presence and reminded of his promises I don't know my prayer list got real short I don't know what else to ask for now that I remember who he is and what he said I, but I ask anyway Philippians 4 6 here's what it says don't worry about anything instead pray about everything tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done verse 7 then you will experience God's what? Peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace, which will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I know God's in control, but here's why I ask. Because when I ask in prayer, I live in peace. Sometimes you just gotta ask. Pastor Liz asked me to move something from the yard the other day, and I told her I'll do it. I put it on the, my calendar. A couple days later, I saw her moving it. I was so mad. I came out and I was like, I said I would do it. She was like, but you didn't do it. So I decided I'd do it. And I pulled out my calendar and I was like, <laughs> you see, it was on the schedule. If I said I'd do it, I would do it. You could chill because you know it will get done because I said it would get done. When you present something to the Lord, it might not happen on your schedule. It might not happen when you want it, but there is a peace that we can live in when we know I asked, he heard, it's on his schedule. And I will wait because I trust in him, but I'm gonna live in peace, not pressure. 
So here's what we're going to do, practically speaking. We're going to keep a list of needs, worries, and dreams, yours and others, and present them to God daily. You can take a picture of that or write it down, however you want to do it. Keep a list of needs, worries, and dreams, yours and others, and present them to God daily. So now hopefully we haven't lost you. We're singing a song out loud. We're reading a Bible verse. We're meditating on it. What does it mean to me? And we're writing down what it means. Then right after that, we start asking, what's hello, Lord? Everything that's on our heart, everything that we're worried about, everything that we dream about, the things we want to accomplish, things we want for our children, for our grandchildren, the things we want for our retirement, the things we want for our spouse, the things we want for our city, the things we want for us, and the things that we need to get through. Lord, help me get through. We send that all to God. I brought some of my prayer lists here to show you how this works. Sometimes there are things on my list that are there and gone the next day. Other times there are things on my list that have been on there for years. Here's one that's been on my list for years since we got into this building. Something that I've been praying for from the beginning. That the former OLE building would permanently become Journey Churches. This building that we sit in. I pray for that every day. And there's no check next to it. So it remains unchecked. So every morning I come to the Lord and that's one of the things that I ask for. And I ask Him to do it. And now what helps me is I don't just have a list of things that are unchecked. Listen, I also have a list of things that are checked that remind me that God answers prayers. So under, so when God does it, don't remove it. Leave it there. Just So here's, here's one that I leave right underneath that. Vicky's my sister. If, if, you, if you clap in, it's probably because you knew her. <laughs> She was wild. She was wild. If there's, if there's a family member in your life that you're like, this person ain't never coming to church. This person ain't never loving Jesus. That was my Vicky. But you know what? She's going to text me right after this message. Because four years ago or five years ago at our church, she gave her life to Christ. And ever since then, she's been a part of our church, a part of our team. She watches. God is using her in a mighty way. She's got a ministry. She loves Jesus. But that was 30 years of praying. And so that stays on my list as a reminder that God does miracles. And that's a lot harder than this building. So if he could do that, he can do this. Amen? So keep them. Here's my last one. We'll close. The why. What could the why stand for? Praise, read, ask. Last one, yield. 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 I'm going to ask the worship team to come out. Even the singers, I'm going to need your help for an illustration real quick. And we'll close. Sorry I'm going a little long, but this is the only time I get to preach today, so I'm going in. Yield. Matthew 6, 13. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It actually is pronounced amen. You can say however you want, but I want you to say this. I want you to say these words to me. For yours is the kingdom. Say kingdom. And the power. Say power. And the glory. Say glory. Forever. Say kingdom. Power. Glory. Amen. Amen is a very unique word. Amen was actually transliterated from the Hebrew into the Greek. What does transliterated mean? It means that it was not translated into its language because there was no word like it in its language. So when the Greeks heard how the Hebrew said it, they just spelled it the way they said it because there's no word in their language that explains it. Let me give you an example. Like if, if, if dogs only lived in South America and, and, and you saw a dog in North America, 
you would call it a dog because that's what the South Americans call it because you have nothing in your context that can explain it other than those who saw it. Does that make sense? So because there's no word like amen in Greek, and Greek has a lot of words, they just took the Hebrew word and spelled it in a way where it still says amen. And it's transliterated to this day. How do you say amen in Hebrew? Amen. How do you say amen in English? Amen. How do you say amen in Mandarin? Amen. How do you say amen in French? Amen. How do you say amen in Spanish? Amen. It's trans, it doesn't change because are you ready? It's actually known as the most universally known word in all of human language. It's everywhere. Why is it so unique? Because there's no word like it. What does it mean? It means two things. It means so it is or let it be. Put that on the screen. So it is or let it be. Thank you for coming up. I want to help. Fed, would you stay right here for me on this block right there? And so it means so it is. So so it is means I surrender to your authority. Do you remember the Bible verse? It says for yours is the, what was the first one? Kingdom means authority. So it is. You're in charge. So obviously you're married, but we're gonna pretend you're a single person. So so if you're single and and if you're single and you wish you weren't single and you were like, Lord, I don't wanna be single, I feel like I'm ready for a relationship, but if this is what you have for me, Amen. So I want you to lift your hands real quickly, just like that. Perfect. Because I surrender, I yield. Amen. Lord, I wish I was making a little more money right now. My family could use it. But if you can't trust me with more finances, and this is the only level that you can trust me with, then you know what, Lord? Amen. Amen. Lord, um, my health is not good. I don't want to live with this condition. But if you choose to not heal me, and I have to live with this condition, I'll know it's because you're going to get glory somehow through this. I trust you, and I'm grateful for you. So, Lord, I, I want to be healed, but if you wouldn't live with this, Amen. So it is. Can you stay there in that position? Would you help me real quickly? I want you to come here over to this corner. It doesn't just mean so it is. It also means let it be. In other words, what it means is yours is the kingdom and yours is the what? Power. So I'm about, I'm about to say some crazy things. I'm about to preach some crazy prayers. But it's not just the authority that you hold. It's the power you hold. And so remember the word was, let it be. So I'm about to say some things, and the things that I say, if it's your will, Lord, let it be. So Lord, I'm, 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 I'm single right now, but I believe you've got someone in my future for me. I believe that person is going to help me be the best version of me. And together we're going to make a difference in the kingdom of God and in our community. We're going to raise godly children. We're going to, I believe it. Let it be. Amen. And the reason why she raises her hands is because she realizes she can't do it without him. So there you yield authority. Here you yield the power. Lord, I don't have the money right now. But your word says that I ought to live blessed so that I can be a blessing. So I build my life on your word, your authority. And I'm going to say right now, Lord, I pray for blessing over my finances so that I can help build more churches, launch more campuses, send more missionaries, help more, more, more people. Amen. Ooh. 
Lord, my health ain't doing too good right now, but I believe you still heal people. You know, over at East Campus, we got a woman named Debbie. What's up, Debbie, over at East Campus? In 2021, Debbie was diagnosed with lung cancer, which is the deadliest type of cancer you can have. The doctors told her she would not live past 2021. Debbie's here today. In May of this year, the cancer that had went away came back. They found a nodule. They found a nodule in the same spot that the cancer was. She got together, prayed, asked the church to pray. Pastors Chris and Pastor Alana were praying, her friends were praying. She went back for another scan. The nodule that was there had completely vanished. It was gone all the way. That's why we ask. Because the things that I ask for, let it be. Someone say amen. But how do you reconcile, have your way with do this thing? I'll tell you how. Blanca, could you come here in the middle real quick? Amen has a third meaning. It's in 1 Chronicles 16, 36. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Then all the people said, Amen. I'm going to give you another shot. Then all the people said, Amen. and praise the Lord. Amen. You know what the third meaning of Amen is? Praise the Lord. Woo. For yours is the kingdom. For yours is the power. And for yours is the... What? Because if you don't heal me, you still get glory. But if you do heal me, you still get glory. If you send him in my life, you will not get glory. You will get glory. If you don't send him in my life, you'll get glory. If you bless me financially, you get glory. If I stay broke, you get glory. If you do what I ask, you get glory. If you don't do what I ask, you get glory. I don't care what you do, because no matter what you do, I'm still going to lift up your name. I'm still going to praise you. Whether I'm healthy, whether I'm sick, whether I'm rich, whether I'm broke, whether I got somebody or I got nobody. Glory, 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 glory be to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, my Father, whatever you want to do, you get the glory. You get the glory for yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power and yours is the glory. Ah, man. Ah, man. Ah, man. Ah, man. Ah, man. I give it to you. Ah, man. Ah, man. Ah, man. Look, it's the same word. It's the same word. But in that word, my trust is found in you. My faith is found in you. I rest in you. I believe in you. I hold on to you. Stay standing all over this room. Listen, so here's the last step. Here's the last step. Say amen and give it to God. your prayer? Amen. If you want me to stay, amen. If you shift it, amen. But I promise you no matter what, you'll get the glory. You'll get the glory. Thank you, worship team. You'll get the glory. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Somebody's been praying. Somebody's been fighting. This is your amen moment right now. This is your amen moment right now. I want you to pray your prayer one more time. I want you to ask God for what you need one more time. And at the end of that prayer, I want you to tell the Lord, amen. 
Amen. All over this room right now, would you pray? Would you talk to him? Something you've been asking for in your life, maybe the, the return of a, of a lost family member, maybe the opening of a door, an answer. And when you're done, you're going to say that word in a way you've never said it before. For yours is the kingdom, and yours is the power, and yours is the glory. Amen. If the cancer goes away, amen. If it stays, amen. But you'll get the glory. You'll get the glory. You'll get the glory. Amen. 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 In that same spirit, there are people at East, there are people in the room, there are people online watching right now. Listen, God misses you. God loves you. You've been running. You've been fighting, but you feel his presence in this room today. We've been in a series on prayer this whole year. And the message has been that God wants a relationship with you. And it's your time to come home to him right here and right now. Amen. And if you agree and you're ready to come back home to Jesus, the son of God who died on the cross for you, <laughs> for me. <coughs> one who restored our relationship with God. When I say three, I want you to raise your right hand as a signal and a sign. I need you, Jesus. I'm ready to come home. On the count of three, I want to pray for you. One, you're tired of hiding behind bushes. Let him cover you with the blood. Two, you don't got to impress him anymore. He's impressed by Jesus all over this room. One, two, three. Would you raise your right hand higher to the... Amen. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand all over the room. I see your hand. Amen. 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 I see it. Thank you for your courage. You can put your hand down. I know you were raising hands at East. I know online you're watching. Whether you raise your hand or not, I want you to pray this prayer out loud with me. Everyone say, Father God. Come on, say it again. Say, Father God. I hear you call my name and I'm running. Thank you for Jesus died so I wouldn't have to. I receive his gift. I receive his grace. I receive his love. Today, well say today, well say like it's different. Say today, I choose to be different, live different, love different. Jesus, I don't love you the most right now, but I want to. So help me do that. Be my Lord and Savior. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give it up for all those who made a decision for Jesus. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.